Exciting new show brought to you by the Bonus Hours Network. I'm your host, Ian Brown, and this is Title Unknown. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Title Unknown. This show is about covering everything under the giant umbrella that is the paranormal. Ghoulish ghosts, creepy cryptids, astronomical aliens, and even the occasional mystical legend and conspiracy theories. So, uh, yeah, I suppose let's just get into it. Smoke starts to fill the air at Fort George Island, Florida, on the night of March 26, 1974. The lead suspect of this fiery mess? A sphere, 8 inches in diameter, with no markings or sign of manufacturer, other than an elongated triangle smoothly imprinted on the bottom. Is it a NASA satellite? The Russians? Or, as we find out, perhaps from somewhere else altogether. Okie everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry this episode's coming out so late, but, you know, things have just been kind of crazy here at the bonus hours, and uh, a few projects got put on the back burner, including this one. But hey, we're on the front burner now, so let's get into it. In 1974, Antoine Betts, a marine engineer, along with his wife Jerry and 21-year-old son Terry, had recently moved from the hustle and bustle of city life to a nice quiet home surrounded by the peaceful woodlands in Fort George Island, Florida. Well, peaceful aside from the alligators, snakes, skunks, and swamp apes, anyhow. <laughs> life was going smoothly for the family for quite a while. Jerry loved the nice house with many windows overlooking their land, and Terry was doing well studying to become a doctor. But, late in the night of May 26, a fire had broke out on their humble abode. The following morning, Jerry and Terry decided to go outside and survey the damage and see if they could find the cause of the sudden fire. The weather was clear and no one heard any thunder or lightning strikes. The property was over 20 miles in any direction from any major roadways, so a gas leak from a car or an automobile wreck is pretty much a near impossibility. The fire marshal was called out to do a check for possible crime but there was no sign of arson or foul play in any way. Not to mention that the people in the area actually liked the bets and their home was unharmed by the inferno. Very few planes flew over that particular stretch and most and they most certainly would have heard a plane crash if there was an accident. 
and swamp gas is just an insult of an explanation in this case. But, after a couple hours of looking around, Terry found a shiny, unharmed metal ball. The part of the woods he was in was a Spanish mission back in the 1500s, so finding old relics wasn't unheard of. He and his mother did think it was odd that there was no rust or any other damage or sign of aging on it, but after showing it to a few family members, including his 11-year-old cousin, who was really interested in pirates and explorers of the old and the like, Terry ended up setting it on his shelf in his bedroom for a couple of weeks where it sat largely ignored. Roughly two weeks later, Terry had his friend, Teresa Frazier, over, and while they were hanging out, Terry decided to play his guitar for her, presumably some Zeppelin. Or maybe he was more of a Beatles fan. <laughs> yeah, just having fun here. Anyways, when he started playing the guitar, the sphere started vibrating and rolling around on its own. That's when they started to suspect that there's something more to this ball than just being an antique cannonball. You know, the kind with no rust or any signs of aging. Hmm. So, after Terry and his friend notice the strange behavior, he brings the ball out to the living room where they see that the family dog, Oodles the Noodle Poodle, covers his ears with his paws and runs away from it squeaking as though he was hurt, or at the very least bothered deeply by perhaps a noise outside of the human hearing range. Terry winds up showing his father the next day, and they start doing small experiments to see what all this ball can do, and try to find some explanations. One of the first experiments Antoine did was to see how the sphere reacted to different behavior. First, he shook the ball up and down at a fast pace. The ball started vibrating in distress, and then rolled away from him, and would roll on its own volition to Terry, but stayed away from Antoine for a few hours, and would start vibrating again when Antoine would pick it up. After giving the ball and themselves a little break, they tried holding the ball gently and rolling it. It made very light vibration, and it didn't try escaping from them. The next isn't an experiment, but they did take notice to a light tink, tink sound coming from inside the sphere ever since the guitar session, and no matter, no matter whether it was rolling or completely still, the noise could be heard if you listened closely. The next experiment was to see if the sphere emitted any type of radio signals or electromagnetic frequencies. It shouldn't come as much of a surprise to find out that yes, Yes, it did. Now, I wasn't able to find out the exact frequencies that was transmitting from it, but the electromagnetic field detector Antoine and Terry used to read the ball said, basically, it's in the off-the-charts range. After those and a few other experiments, the bets were satisfied with the conclusion of the ball being wholly unique. At this point, about a month into it, a family friend calls their local paper who writes a small article on it, and the sphere starts to gain a little notoriety. Antoine calls up NASA to confirm they haven't lost any satellites. Then, the chief editor of the Jacksonville Journal hears word of the story. He sends out photographer and journalist Lon Enger. Lon reluctantly came onto the scene, shoes a dragon, because he wasn't about to believe these swamp people pranksters about a magic ball, and frankly, in 1974 Florida, who could really blame him? But, 
When Lon knocked on the door and was greeted by Jerry Betts, who invited him inside and offered him some fresh-squeezed lemonade and just had a normal conversation with him, he started to get the feeling that maybe these people aren't just Gator Country spoopers trying to pull off a publicity stunt. After a little banter, Antoine and Terry came in and showed him the sphere. Lon noted that although there was no rust or any type of damage, and it looked very smooth, it had a surprisingly rough texture. He held it, and he started to hear the ting, ting from inside of it. He started to roll it in his hands while listening to the rhythmic noise that stayed at the same rate whether it was rolling or not. Then he noticed the vibration from it. That's when Terry asked him to set it on the ground, and when Lon did that, the ball immediately rolled over to Terry, and when Terry started walking around the house, the ball would simply follow behind him wherever he went. Lon searched under the rugs and asked Terry to take off his shoes, just to confirm this wasn't some sort of trick with magnets. Obviously, it wasn't. So after taking some pictures of it indoors and watching poor Noodles the dog run away from it frantically, they set the ball on the counter and Lon decided it would be nice to take some pictures of it in better natural light outside. It was a clear and sunny day, and when they had chose a good spot for the photo shoot, they came back inside and the ball started playing a game with them and would roll away from them from one side of the counter right to the edge and then turn around and roll away in a totally different direction. They finally managed to catch it, and they brought it outside and almost immediately the ball came to life, even more so than it already was. The ball started buzzing like crazy and started bouncing up and down. It was so active that the family couldn't keep it still long enough for Lon to get a decent picture of it. After Terry managed to catch it, they were just able to get it inside, and after a few minutes it calmed back down to a normal level. After staying over for dinner with the kind family, Lon went home a firm believer, and he still is to this day. The family kept in touch with Lon over the next couple months, letting him know information they found out about it. After their story was published in the Jacksonville Journal, the sphere started gaining national attention. One of the first nationally recognized people to show up at their door to check it out, and of course going in with the intention of debunking it, was J. Allen Hynek, who deserves an episode or two all his own. When Hynek had came through and left the house stunned in disbelief at what he was witness to, he ended up reporting his findings into his research papers, known today as Project Blue Book. After taking and making notes, Hynek called up some upper-level NASA employees he had connections to, and they came out to the Betts household, and they were just as confused and, and as amazed as he was. It's worth taking note right now that during this whole time, the Betts family was very open and warm to their guests and kept in touch with a few of them along the way. But things start getting shifty towards the end of our tale. After the higher-ups at NASA left dumbfounded, NASA contacted the Army, and a few top brass fellows showed up with some green berets, and although they were polite to the family, they were much more serious than the rest of the people that had been showing up. They asked the family if they could take the ball to one of their laboratories for testing, just for a few weeks, and the family reluctantly said yes, although I have a feeling that saying no wasn't really much of an option, you know, when the army shows up at your door and asks you for something. 
The army does some testing and finds the results baffling, but seemingly non-harmful. One of the last things they did was use an x-ray spectrometer to try to see if there's anything inside. The machine they used wasn't able to read through the ball, so, in my opinion anyhow, pretty dang surprisingly, actually went back to the Betts household and dropped off the ball, and told them to keep an eye on it, and that they may have some more tests to run in the future. And, of course, try not to draw any more attention to it. A few weeks went by and the ball was doing its usual things. The family didn't call up any more papers, but still would casually talk about it with family and friends, including Lon the photographer. Everybody's just going about their daily life, and then, the Navy's top brass and a few men in black suits. You know, the kind who that wear their sunglasses inside and not just because they're hungover, shows up at their door and asks them to bring out the sphere, and the family complies, hands it over. The Navy and following suited men tells them not to speak to anybody about the sphere at all, and as long as they cease talking about it, they will let them know what the results of their tests are. The family does as they were told, and after a month or so, the Navy lets them know that they ran the sphere through the world's most powerful magnetic X-ray mass spectrometer, and that the sphere they had been playing with and sleeping by for several months had five or more smaller balls inside of it made of an element with an atomic weight of 140. For those who are wondering what that means, it means they were playing with a ball that basically had the capability to make Florida into a nuclear waste site. The largest atomic weight of any element naturally occurring on Earth is uranium, with an atomic weight of 92. And that was the last time the family spoke spoke about the sphere to anybody. The Navy moved it to an undisclosed location. All the tests, aside from one paper showing the findings of the mass spec test, were wiped clean. And that's pretty much it. No one aside from some men in black, and maybe a few Bob Lazar types, have seen or heard anything about it since. Thanks for listening, everybody, and stay tuned for a minute to hear part two of this episode where I discuss my findings with my friends and guests when I head out of the Davy Crockett National Forest and meet them in the main bonus hour studio in wonderful Houston, Texas. Thanks for listening. February turned to March, and March is apparently the frozen month now. Yeah, it's, it's I didn't realize that March was the frozen month in the swamp, but apparently March is when the, fr- the swamp freezes from now and forevermore. Oh, boy. Man, I, I feel bad for all the squatches out there. Like, they're out there, and I mean, I, I don't blame them for banging on the trees near my property. You know, if it's that cold, I mean, it's like you got to do something to stay warm. So. Well, yeah, you have to do something. And what's the best way to stay warm? Be active. Yeah, I be. I always figured all squatchers were drummers. All squatchers were drummers? Yeah. They got to beat on all the trees. All squatchers are drummers. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, beat yeah on trees. I guess so. Their native, yeah. their native music is just grunts and beats. Well, actually, they have a weird, like, kind of whooping sound. Like, it's a, it's a weird kind of primate, almost like a howler monkey meets a lumberjack. A howler sort of. monkey meets a lumberjack. Yeah, with just a tint of owl, just a hint. 
hint of owl. Yeah, just a hint of owl. Interesting. Uh, I should hear that one time. I'd like to experience that. Yeah, as um, I have a difficult time recording outside because I have to carry the laptop and the microphone, and then it's like me walking through a swamp. So that's m- you're mostly just hearing me walking through a swamp with the occasional. That just sounds like bang, a method bang, laugh. Bang bang. Uh, but do they don't? They don't just like beat on the things. The things that all people. Uh, should know about the paranormal is that there's two uh, there's two things that happen when you're out looking for and or investigating the paranormal. Either you wander into the woods, an abandoned house, or what have you, uh, with a light amount of fear that you won't run into anything. It will be empty. There will be nothing there. Or that the thing that you run into will be a meth head. Um, the even more terrifying prospect is that you'll actually find what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> or, actually what you really have to worry about. Oh no, you really <laughs> have to worry about finding a, a meth-headed Sasquatch. That's true. like, oh, what yeah. if Sasquatch was like, I saw this on the news. <laughs> I'm gonna try this. I and went see into what a it- cabin. I ate the powdered sugar, and uh, everything else is a blur. Yeah, it, it, it <laughs> knows how to speak now because of its like experiences with meth. I mean, I like the idea that uh, the Sasquatch gets its ideas for doing uh, doing drugs and narcotics from television. Oh yeah, television. Yeah, from, He's got uh, break, from, like, yeah, from Breaking Bad. So, <laughs> so that means that the meth head. Uh, the, that means that meth head Bigfoot probably also butt chugged. Oh yeah, and, he butt chugged and does whip it. Uh, well, you I gotta, don't know. That's a really tough thing to whippets find. Whippets here. You can only buy those at specific places. Now, there's like fungi that grows out in I the mean, woods I'm that can totally you make you that, know, like uh, I mean, Bigfoot has walked up on some on some on some on some hippie camping trips. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. Yeah. I can well, see that for half sure. Half the time, like they're the real park rangers. So, <laughs> I mean, forget Dudley Do Right. It's Dudley Do Squatch. You know. We're not even talking about Bigfoot today. No, we're not. No, we're not. No, we're not. This is this is what we call the cold open. The cold open. It which takes is, us about five uh, minutes. Yeah, exactly. And that's it's warming that, us up. That's about right. It, I'm not warm at all. I am not either. It is I, I feel 28 like cold degrees death right in now. Houston, Texas, and this show is called Title Unknown. I'm here in the main bonus hour studio down in Houston. Spare bedroom studio, studio, studio. That's right. Sunday. Sunday, I mean Monday. <laughs> Monday. And uh, I'm here with a couple of people. Um, I have amnesia <laughs> whenever I come onto this microphone. It's just temporary, though. What's your name uh, over there in the distance? Oh, uh, so that they can... Uh, um, recognize and, and connect my name with my voice. I'm Chris Myers. Oh, interesting. And uh, yeah, you're your host of Between the Profound and the Profane. Yeah, I mean, I'm one of them. We yeah. all are. Everybody yeah, is okay. one. Absolutely. That sounded terrible. <laughs> that sounded awful. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do another take of that. Okay. No, uh, Right yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm Chris Myers. I uh, I host between the profane and the profane. I'm your head witch wearer of thebonushours.com here uh, at thebonushours.com. Man.
I did it wrong the second time, too. <laughs> I like that one, though. I, I think you made your point on that. I like it. And I'm uh, Destin. I do things with the knobs on the shows and the profound and profanes. He makes Dude. sound happen. I make yeah. sound happen. Although today was kind of frustrating. I think this is your, your first time on Title Unknown, correct? Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. And anyways, uh, I just, real quick before we get into uh, talking about the Bet Sphere, I did want to make one quick correction about a uh, previous episode. It's episode one on the rake. Uh, I had thought that the uh, rake sighting with the moose happened in Gaspé Valley, Ontario, Canada. And it turns out it's in Gaspé Valley, Quebec, Canada, which would explain them speaking French predominantly and everything else, and I should have known. Anyways, just wanted to get that out of the way and apologize for any inconvenience if you were trying to look that location up involving that case. <laughs> I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Um, so speaking of uh, not the rake, but rather the bet sphere, uh, have you guys ever heard of this case before I had brought it up? I don't think so. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put myself in the no, but it's not a firm no because of how many different books I read as a kid. Yeah. Uh, um, so, like, the case sounds familiar, but if I had he ever heard of it, it was like a paragraph. It in, was in passing. Yeah, it, it was a paragraph in one of those like, because in the '90s they had. We've talked about this before. In the '90s they had kids' books written for paranormal stuff and the UFO yeah. stuff like I could check them out from my from my school's library yeah from uh I used that was my I would always buy like two or three UFO and alien books uh in at the, the scholastic, scholastic book fair yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so I'm sure that at some point I, I got like a paragraph about yeah. it but it's definitely not one that I recall it kept your attention through the years it's not that I, I it it, just, it didn't appear as much as the other cases that you would see in those small blurbs like right. uh, the one that I can't remember off the top of my head the name of it but it's where that farm is uh, it's like 1912 something like that and a farm is set upon by a group of greys what we would call greys they describe them as like uh elf-eared goblin people Oh, like sort okay. of greenish, grayish uh, goblin are, people. Are you thinking of... And they um, blast them with shotguns and all that kinds was, of crazy shit. That was in Kansas? Oh, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah. Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, one, yeah, yeah Kentucky. it's one of those places. It's one of those K-States. It, it was Kentucky. Uh, it was the... The Louisville Farm case. It was, it was like it was something like that. It was in Kentucky. It was... Yeah, it was in Kentucky, and I... Either way, it's, it's a bunch yes. of farmers, Let's and they, they, blew, they blow away some grays. Uh, but that one was in every well, one of those books. Kind of more, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you think about it. If you if you read about it in a book, you're like, oh, there's a ball. Yeah. Oh, mm. oh, or uh, there's a freaky Goblin, demon thing you know, yeah. <laughs> running the, all over. Uh, everywhere. Which one am I going to remember? Oh, the demon thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what leads into me. Like I, I'm the same. I, I'm sure I read about it. I'm sure mm -hmm. I heard about it. You weren't shocked. I, I like. didn't. Maybe I didn't know the name of it. I mean, it could. Hell, it could have been on an ancient aliens thing one time or Actually, one of those shows. Been, yeah. yeah, and, and I, I, I just don't remember it. But it's interesting. Yeah. So. <laughs> so yeah, but like yeah, you guys weren't like uh, super familiar with it. This is one of those cases. Like with me. I did kind of remember it because, like, it started off so boring. And that's kind of like, like, it starts off, it's a steel ball, it's shiny, it's in, in a swamp. 
Yeah, it's a little bit odd, and it's weird that the fire broke out. But like I, I it starts off almost. It all sounds coincidental at first, but then like as you start to get more details about it, it just turns into a really substantial extraterrestrial case because. For it being the 70s, even with today's technology, which is way more advanced, it would be extraordinarily difficult. I think it still would be kind of impossible with the known technology of today. I don't know about the unknowns, obviously. <laughs> this, this is considered a close encounter of the third kind, yeah? Um, That's a good question, because, I mean, that would is, that even be like... Ooh, that is a good question. The third kind is... Um, the third, if third I contact, kind, of, right? well, third kind would be direct with the because, like, whatever this is, I think that it is. It maybe it does have some form of sentience, but I think that it was more so just. I don't know if a, it's singing to them and it, it's moving towards people and it has likeness or what we well, could attribute as an affinity for a particular person. Isn't that it communicating? Like is well, it? Oh, I agree. Well, it, is, of, it is communicating now. The, whether or not there is an alien being within the ball, or the ball itself well, is an alien being. Yeah, man, I I totally get you. Um, we'll come back to that point mm -hmm. in just a minute. Yeah, yeah. Because I I totally hear what you're saying, and I I have a theory about that, but I don't want to get too terribly sidetracked. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, too yeah, early I just, in. It's so, one of those things I I like. I think yes. that classifying them is something that we should do here on the show, especially when it yeah. comes to alien cases, because that classification is important to the study of these cases. Yeah. And the reason I and, think I ask mostly is because the the this case itself reminds I, me of Steven Spielberg's I, movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I, I I totally hear you on that. I I give it. Uh, I would say it's more of a class two. But like I said, we'll we'll get into that one and just we'll get into yeah, that yeah, yeah, conversation yeah. in just a minute. Uh, that there'll be just in a minute. Real quick, uh, do you guys do you guys uh, think that the Curie UFO incident that I had mentioned to you guys? I, I mentioned this because if you look up the Bet Sphere. One of the things that will pop up every time, no matter where you look for it, is the Curie UFO. Did you guys think that that sounded like it was um, very similar or possibly related? Uh, could you go into it real quick for listeners that might not know? That so the Curie UFO took place, I believe it was just a couple years after. It may have been just a couple years before, but same time period. And this took place in Kira, Japan. And this little, uh, it wasn't a, it wasn't a sphere that came down in front of one kid. This little UFO came down and it was, it was a swamp, sombrero shaped UFO. And, uh, it, it came down and it, it buzzed and then it, it scared the kid. He ran back to tell his friends, correct? Mm -hmm. And he, uh. He got it. He got his friends back. They all waited. All his friends thought that he was lying, but they all decided, ah, eh, well, just in case, let's go ahead and wait around. An hour later, this little UFO shows up, and it was coincidentally about they said eight inches around. Yeah, which is the same as the Bet Sphere, and it, although it was a totally different shape, it did have seem to have a similar mass and uh, size. From what I can it remember, it had similar dimensions, case. other than being perfectly round. Yeah, uh, the 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 Kara uh, incident, the the craft 
is more like you you said sombrero shaped which uh w- most people would kind of equate to like the pie plate shape with a dome on top yeah right, right yeah right, and right. this one had an especially tall dome yeah yeah it was an odd it was an odd dome. Kind of, all it, it was like a bell but the bottom part was much more like yeah a disc with a bell on top of it and uh, I mean, uh, basically, the, the the Kira is a highly documented case. Like, that's the weird part about it. That's yeah. the odd one about the Kira case is that there's a lot of pictures. These kids apparently like captured it, it multiple it, times, yeah. like like multiple a butterfly times. Yeah, and, captured it. Yeah, and what's weird, it's like, and it seems I don't know if it's maybe just Japanese culture at that time. Plenty of grown-ups actually witnessed it and even held it, messed with it, and. It seemed to be because they were kids that nobody took them seriously. They it well, seemed like the grown-ups all thought it was a toy and then like after they're like, yeah, just throw it out in the yard and let it disappear because that's what toys do in 1976. <laughs> well, know? I mean, is, wasn't he, even one of the kids' dads was like a, worked at a center of some science in engineer. the area or something yeah, like that? A, yeah, he was an engineer somewhere um, at a I, well-established place. Now, as far as like... And he was just like, he was like, well, this is really strange. Here you go, Billy. (laughs) Go out and throw in the yard. And I I apologize. Well, I'm sure that wasn't his name. (laughs) I don't think there's, there really is any connection to it. I mean, two different things. Two different things are happening. Yeah. We have what looks to be like something that could propel itself because the bottom of it had those slots, had everything. It looked like the stereotypical UFO, but smaller. Yeah. Um, It did leave and come back. This was. The bet sphere is a ball that seems like it has some kind of consciousness and attached to what's his name, um, Betts, what, uh, Terry. Ty, Terry, Terry Betts. Like it was it like seemed it to was be intelligent. To it seemed, yeah. yeah, I did. I, I think it felt like to me like the Kira UFO was more of like a UFO instead of like what I felt did, was a sentient yeah. being. I mean, the Kira. It did the, seem to have some level of. Well, for instance, like they, you had mentioned they had captured it a few times, held on to it, and like they'd kind of like mess with it, but when it got wet, it seemed to really not like getting wet to the point that they thought that it was literally like kind of screaming. And it was, I don't know. There are a lot of similarities between the cases that, 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 I would not blame anybody for drawing inference and connections between the two, um, but I don't know if there's any way to definitive, definitively um, make, make put them up next to each other. I think they should be looked at together, right? Like, I think that they have enough similarities just in how people reacted to them and, and what the object was doing uh, that they should be looked at side by side, but I don't know if you can make a connection between them. Like saying yeah. that one that, that that they are from the same from race the same, or from okay. the same source or anything like that okay. would be going too far. Yeah, and uh, I think that there's coincidentally a lot going on with it, but um, they're definitely not of the same. Yeah, they're not of if they're made by the same um, intelligence source. They I think they probably serve two different purposes. In in my opinion, like the Kira UFO seems to be more like an observe at a distance, mm-hmm. like kind of like play around with them, get close but not too close, and I think that it kind of failed at its job a little bit, like um, something went wrong in the process, 
but with the Bet Sphere, I think that it's very similar from an alien level. Like if we were to give a gorilla an iPad and just be like, here you go. And, uh, you know, they're intelligent enough beings that like, you know, maybe you, you hand it to them and it's in like kind of the on position or, or it's set on a timer to turn on at a certain point. So then like the gorilla starts kind of playing with it. And, you know, you just kind of see what, what, can you figure it out? Can you, can you figure out what to do with this? Do you, do you understand it? How many iPads does it go through before it learns not to Exa- smash it? Well, I know. <laughs> and that's, yeah. And that's kind of the, I think that's part of the lesson with the bet sphere. You know, all these people are trying, the ball liked Terry. It showed Terry, you know. because he had some mad have, guitar skills, man. Yeah. It liked the fact that it was like, oh, you're, you're intelligently playing music. You know, you, you clearly have a friend over and. You know, it like it was digging the vibes. Those are the things that remind me about uh, that that remind me of the Spielberg movie. Uh, That that within Close Encounters of the Third Kind, that Mm -hmm. is what happens to uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character. He communicates to the spaceship with music, and the spaceship communicates back with music. Yeah, Uh, and it makes sense, like from a mathematical you know extraterrestrial way you know if radio you understand waves, you know. math you probably understand music yeah, yeah uh, if you're sure, intelligent if sure, you've sure. if you've reached if, if we're going from a base materialist viewpoint of the universe anything that is intelligent enough to create uh a, a material object that can propel itself through space has the intelligence enough to understand music yeah I, I I would feel that, and even if they're a race that does or a species that doesn't have like a a true sense of hearing like the way that we do, it would still make sense to communicate through music, like through through waves, uh, tones, yeah, tones, rhythm. and like because like uh, even Beethoven was deaf, and like that's how he got that deep bass, <laughs> but he could still play music. He was still smart for you know he still was able to learn understand yeah music even though he couldn't hear the way most people hear do you think it was jealous of his wife <laughs> I, mean, I don't All know right. about that like no. that's why it's always like going back he's like always following me around he's just like uh, uh i don't like your wife uh i'm you you're too good for her man be with me the sphere <laughs> oh god oh yeah <laughs> It sounds a lot more. He was like, trying to steal. Uh, he was trying to steal uh, Teresa Fraser from him. Right. His, it, I feel like it was feel more like, hey, imprinting itself is what you're. Yeah, say. yeah, like yeah, a dog. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you have. Well, if you have like a family. So like I, you know, I have. A, I, I know this family that has two dogs. The male dog is constantly uh, vying for the 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 male, the man in the rel- the relationships attention. Like that is who he wants to have have attention from. Uh, if he comes over to if the if the if the male dog comes over to get pets from me, he stares at his male owner. Uh, <laughs> he follows his male owner around a lot more than he follows the wife around. Whereas the female dog, uh, the younger female dog, follows and listens to the yeah. wife a lot more. Like it, it, and that that seems to be what more of what the the sphere did for Terry. It, it was more of like a, a a loyal dog type of situation. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I guess you. I guess you could say that. I think that it just like the fact that Terry never shook it violently. Like it was always other people that would shake it. 
Yeah, other people would shake it. Terry never, like, I, n- I don't recall a story of Terry himself shaking it or yelling at it <laughs> or, like, trying to throw it. And he would play, like, sweet guitar jams for it. Like, it was I like- do, I do, like, I, I understand where you're coming from. But I honestly think it's the way that Terry, Terry had some good vibes, you know, towards that ball. That's all, that's all I can say about it. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that I thought was really weird with this ball, like I kind of mentioned, I think that it's something that was built by an intelligent source and that it w- I think it was here like kind of as an experiment. But um, one thing that was kind of weird about it also was the fact that it was... It was. It seemed to be very affected by solar energy. It, it was far more active on sunny days than cloudy days, and it, it, the difference could be noted even inside the house. I don't think I mentioned that um, on the episode directly, mm-hmm. but yeah, the, if it was a sunny and bright day, the ball would be more active even inside. With like, per, you, you could have all the curtains pulled, but it seemed to know. And if you brought it outside into direct uh, sunlight, it would start bouncing around like crazy. Is it like Superman getting his powers from the yellow sun? Ooh. Like, would that be something like that? Like, if it is extraterrestrial, hmm. is the is like the sun, or not necessarily yellow sun, but the sun, the solar energy? Is it is is it could it be its like power source? It is yeah. a metal ball that will heat up being heat in the up. Sun. I yeah. mean. It would make the particles more active, highly radiated, so. We aren't even, uh, uh, like, we aren't alien, but, like, the the solar, our sun is our our battery, period. Like, even as humans, uh, even without. Vitamin uh, D, right? Yeah, vitamin D. Like, we need it. Uh, All living creatures, as far as we know, need the sun to survive. Unless you live in the most northern parts of Scotland, so I've heard. <laughs> but are those people? Then you're, uh, are those pe- I mean, it's not I, even about that. It's uh, more like even those people like are affected by the oh, fact absolutely. that they get less sun. Yeah. Or, you know... Uh, I'm far healthier living in Texas in a way than if I lived in what should be well, a natural like environment. You're, like you're saying, everybody needs sun, but yeah. even, even not yeah. looking at that... If I go out in the sunlight and it's a nice day, it's pretty outside, I feel I'm in a better mood. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It could be anything, really. I mean, well, it's just, it, it it points closer to it being living in a certain way. Like, mm-hmm. the fact that it has a better mood, quote unquote, um, because the sun is out, like, People are like that. Yeah, you know, uh, uh, like it, it's 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 foggy, cloudy, cold, rainy out today, and all of us are <laughs> dragging all kinds of, of of butt over here. You know, we, yeah. we, we aren't feeling w- w- too up to it. We feel foggy and cloudy. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. So 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 like it, it is a living living things feel that way. Living things are affected by the sunlight in that kind of a way more than a solar powered machine would be uh, affected by the sunlight. See, and I I totally hear you and once again understand entirely where you're coming from. Don't even disagree with you, but I still I think that it's still a programmed type of thing. Like, I think that it's that, that it's just programmed to know. Like I you can have uh, those funny weather updates like from uh, your iPhone mm-hmm. that you know, like instead of getting the weather in the morning, like it'll have your alarm when you wake up and then like five minutes after your alarm goes off, it'll tell you like 
a funny thing about the weather like it's raining cats and dogs outside better grab your umbrella and like it can you know it'll have different emojis and stuff for the clouds and so you I think, think some advanced programming you could program of all to be like to read atmospheric conditions barometric pressure and just be like okay well it's sunny so like it's time to be active this is when people as far as our research shows people are most active when it's sunny well yeah biological I, beings personally <laughs> i'm not i, I think it it, it, it's. I think it's more of like an AI. Like it oh, was programmed okay. by somebody, but it learns. I mean, these learns people are advanced own. people. Mm-hmm. I should say people. Uh, you know, you would figure that extraterrestrials who can travel through the world, send these metal balls that follow people around, they're advanced to make it living. It it might, you know, it might be made by this this group of extraterrestrials, but not to say it's not living. Like AI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like is a, a living computer, a synthetic like, being, a synthetic living AI, being. The AI we think of AI mm-hmm. as, you know, generic. but like we're talking, you know, probably a half a half a millennium more advanced, you know, in technology. Like we are at here on Earth, a point where robots are nearly living in a sense. Like, yeah, like they passed the Turing they, test they, in two thousand like thirteen yeah. or so. I think is when the first Turing test got passed. So. So, yeah. if anything, if this is, and I, the, the, you know, it's metal, so it pro- it has to be a built thing. Like, it, so. you know, like we, as far as we understand, a a a a metal being would not just happen. The transformers aren't just going to exist out there somewhere. A metal yeah. being has to be built. Yeah. Um. So whatever this is, just incredibly advanced. Yeah. To where it is. Basically bioorganic or or or, or, okay. or, or not bioorganic. So you're kind of techno organic. Techno organic. So yeah. And that's yeah. That's what I was meaning, uh, was by synthetic life form. Yeah. You know. But yeah, same I think we're on pretty much the same page there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and and what about you? Where what well, camp do you fall in? Do you fall in um AI as well? Or well, no, I think I th- I think it's think... like an AI. Like okay, I, I yeah. legitimately think it think it's like a programmed ai not even necessarily an ai like you were saying actual yeah we don't know what's on mars (laughs) listen i've seen enough space movies to know that there's some creepy things can be thought up in our minds imagine the things that are out there yeah (laughs) like we don't know who knows there could have been you know someone it it could have been up there alone and like whoever programmed it it just started learning because it was programmed to learn things Mm -hmm. maybe it it truly did develop an AI, whatever, whatever. Yeah. I think that's what it is. Okay. Is it's an advanced AI. But at the same time, it could also be like, what were those things in um, like the Borg almost, like assimilated? But um, that, not the Borg. Uh, they were the ones in the show where they were a space show as a Star Trek maybe. I don't know. Anyway, nano bite things. Nano bite type but things. Yeah. But they were learning. They would learn. Yeah, they yeah. Were sentient. I gotcha. That, that's what I think it is. Okay. Well, it, it could be. It could I, be. Yeah. Personally, I think it's just. I I I'm a little bit cynical on it. I don't know because I I saw some other videos of something that could do that similarly that was made by a human. Obvious, okay. obviously. So yeah. I'm like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. All but right. it's still creepy. Still weird that it was found in a fire. Yeah, and this one just happened to be, you know, heavily nuclear-powered. 
we're all pretty well on the camp of some form or another of what we would now call AI, even though it may have surpassed that particular point where it's artificial and not real. Who knows the difference? <laughs> the uncanny valley. But um, getting on to another topic, just an interesting question for you guys. So what would you do if a magical ball such as the Bet Sphere showed up in your backyard? Poof, it's there. No fire required. Well, first... Maybe small fire, but it's controlled. Yeah, Um, I was going to say like a small fire, yeah. Does it start out where it's like doing nothing until I play some mad tunes on my guitar? Or Um, is it like already doing these things where it's following me around and it's becoming like AIE? Let's just say to make the theory connect, you are listening to music in your backyard. You're jamming some tunes. You know, maybe maybe you had like a friend over. A friend? Yeah, maybe you had a friend, like you're listening to some tunes, and, you know, the ball shows up, and it just, yeah, the ball just shoots from, you know, let's just say it shoots from the sky, there's a small controlled fire, it doesn't, it's non-harmful. It's non-harmful, okay. Yeah, and it uh, it just shows up there, and then, like, it starts jamming out on the vibes, like there's deep What would I do? What would I do? Um, Smoke on the water, you know. Well, A, uh... Pull out my phone and take a picture of it. Okay. First thing. First okay. thing. First thing you do. Hashtag probably tw- take, 2019. Probably, yeah, 20 Brian tw- Teen, right? <laughs> uh, um, take video of it as well. Uh, oh, definitely not approach it. Okay. Uh, definitely not approach, not approach it. it. Like this not guy gonna. was just like, oh, there's in the middle of this fire in the woods. It's just falling. Let's just grab it. Um, okay. No, no, no. Now, what do you grab with gloves? No, I'd poke it with a stick. Okay, okay. Poke it with a stick first. Good method. Yeah, Yeah. if it attacks the stick or the stick disintegrates, I know it's not acid. Um, Catches on fire, probably still hot. Yeah. Bucket and a rock. Bucket and a rock. That's good. Bucket and a rock. Now, wait. Put a bucket over it and put a rock on top of the bucket. Oh, okay. (laughs) Contain it. Contain it. I I like where you're going. I gotcha. I like where you're going with that. (laughs) But no, I would probably probably flip out. Um, in a good way, be like, "Oh, yeah. something's alien," and then <laughs> I would pray that like the men in black wouldn't show up. Okay, because That's I've good, heard yeah. stories about creepy things with them. Um, and then I would probably uh keep it a secret. Keep I'd it probably a secret. Keep it a secret because I'd be- want to become friends with it, and then I would okay. only you know make a movie about it later. I mean, this sounds okay. like a surefire way, uh, and yeah. exactly how I would end up is uh, some weird, uh, uh, like short circuit style chase movie where I'm trying to hide my new uh, Mogwai BB88 R two D two friend from the government. It's like it's like in your backpack, <laughs> yeah. and it's oh like, yeah, and you're like, <laughs> and it's like chirping and and being all et and <laughs> shit, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like just 1980s, like eighties, like like ballad rock is playing while you're running. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, whole I thing. Know. That, w- that, oh, that that's man. about where I would end up is yeah. trying to hide this thing from the government, and it would be a great eighties movie. But here's the question: Do we have the same hair and facial hair as Terry? <laughs> no, uh, Terry. Uh, I mean, he had he had like a full on like seventies uh, rocker thing going on, but he was a doctor, so exactly. So, or he's going. I to want his hair so bad. Yeah, mainly because I don't have any hair. And it would be 
glorious 1974. Like, and, and honestly, is. his hair is like 50% of the reason that I think Teresa was like a friend. You know what I'm saying? I like, thought you said chorizo at first. Teresa. No, no, Teresa. that's mean. I'm sorry, Teresa. If I said Teresa, I, pro- I hope that wasn't your nickname on high school. You didn't deserve that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, well, we're we're running a little bit short on time here, uh, so we'll just go and get to the basics and bottoms of it. What do you guys think? Is this a total bullshit or is this legit? It's hard to say, man. Is it a ship like, just full of bulls, or is or do you guys think that this is a legit like case of extra like extraterrestrial or at the very least super advanced tel- intelligence? I definitely super advanced intelligence because. Once they found out it was like nuclear and like crazy nuclear, mm-hmm. like radioactive, I should say, not nuclear. Nuclear. Well, yes. How yeah. is it actually even said? It, radioactive. It's highly radioactive. Okay. Yeah, lots of gamma rays, radioactive. Things got a little bit weird, like yeah. after that point. You're like you're like, oh, actually, oh, like no, with the, not with the story, but in my mind, I was like, oh, that's a lot of danger. Yeah, they've like, just been holding on to it, and it's like just they've been sitting on something far more radioactive than Chernobyl. Maybe you know? they legit didn't know what it was. No, like I don't when think they, they found it, and now once they found that, I'm like, oh. But but you do think that it was, um, it wasn't just a fake mock-up story that they did for a publicity stunt. No, no, I, le- I legit think and, they found something. Okay, I legit think they found something. De- definitely Bordered. not normal. Yeah. I mean, it's like we've said before on this show, once the military shows up, <laughs> yeah, like it's hard to, once the military starts sh- shows up and starts shows up and takes something for, yeah. And then takes something and never talks about it again. I mean, it's hard to say that it's not something. Yeah. You know, uh, anytime that the military or, 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 you know, the, the WS, WSFM, uh, branch of the government shows up on your doorstep and, starts claiming things and hiding things it's got to be something why else would they hide it if it wasn't something yeah so you guys are both on camp legit with me then on this one at least to the point of it being super advanced no matter where it came from yeah yeah i i i personally i personally think it's extraterrestrial uh do you guys both feel that it's uh, extraterrestrial, or do you guys just think that it's it's an unknown unknown? I mean, if, if it had that. atomic weights not found on Earth, then it's by Ooh, definition yeah. not extraterrestrial. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, you I mean, conclude with that? Oh or? yeah. Oh okay. yeah. I mean, they said there was no weight on Earth. That great. Yeah. It's extraterrestrial, like yeah. you said. I mean, there's. Yeah. It's. It's defined that way. Yeah, I mean, that that, that is something that we we have to get our terms correct here. You know, we we have a pop culture idea of what extraterrestrial means, as in, you know, it's E.T. itself. But extraterrestrial, literally, the term means not of the Earth, outside of Earth, extraterrestrial. Um, so yeah, no. If it if the things, if the components that make up the object are not found on Earth, then whether or not a man built it. Because that, I like that is a possibility, right? Yeah, if we want to really that, stretch that, it if here. You're, yeah, if you, yeah, if you're the really possibility stretching it, is that you, you know, some somebody, some could human be, being, found possible, extraterrestrial maybe. components and built Ooh. a thing. Yeah. Um, 
and that's to be honest i, th- I think that's a pretty uh unlikely scenario yeah. compared to it being I mean, just from someone else to begin with. it then yeah yeah that's the least likely yeah scenario okay um, <laughs> but beyond that yeah no if you if, if 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 its components are made of something outside of earth it's extraterrestrial okay yeah. All right. So we're all on board with that theory. Of course, leave comments on this podcast on the page and, uh, you know, let me know what you think. Do you guys think that it's extraterrestrial or maybe it's from here? Or if you guys think that it's a total hoax, which personally I don't agree with. But hey, if there's a point you can make uh, that I haven't seen. By all means, uh, politely leave one. <laughs> politely, and I mean, politely. of course, if, you if guys... you're polite, I will. I promise, I will not. I will not harp on you for disagreeing with me because half the stuff uh, is not technically provable by myself. So, yeah, I mean, and, and cite your sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us where to look because I, I'm. We are always here for more information. I mean, isn't absolutely? That, I think that's the whole drive of the paranormal investigator it's not to prove or disprove anything it's to get more information about something we don't understand absolutely for the final question before we wrap this thing up all together what do you guys uh do do any of you have any hypotheticals like what could have happened to it um after the navy took it do you think it wound up just Sitting in like that Indiana Jones yeah, warehouse no, I, in the I, middle of the desert, like twenty exactly, miles underground. It's a, yeah, it's exactly where it's that's, at. Man. That's where it's at. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I personally, I think that it wound up somewhere with like kind of a reverse engineer, like Bob Lazar type, for a little bit. The guy who created like, Segways got uh, it, and that's how yeah. Segways and like came about. Exactly. I I think that I think it went somewhere and then it went like I think it went somewhere and yeah someone like figured out how to make like a microwave make um, pop tarts in 10 seconds instead of the classic 45 from a toaster oven so um yeah I'm so glad you said toaster oven because I was about to say who's microwaving a pop tart yeah people who don't have time for the good things in life (laughs) uh but anyways, yeah, I think that someone kind of experimented with it for a little bit. It was in kind of a laboratory somewhere with some uh, higher-up scientist figures, maybe at Dulce Base, maybe at S4. I don't know. But uh, I think it wound up there, and then it wound up in the uh, Indiana Jones warehouse in the middle of the Pentagon, 20 miles underground, you know. So, yeah, that's. Uh, do you guys think it, that they discovered anything from it, or do you guys think they put it straight in the box and said, nope, put that box deep underground next to the alien autopsy report? I, I have no idea. I couldn't even tell you. I mean, no, no guesses? No, once they no. found out that it, would, that it could explode everything. Oh. Yeah, that's, a, that's like a. That's they, like they, a they, maybe issue. a lead vault. Yeah. They deep underground. Yeah. Yeah, lead vault deep underground, maybe an assault mine. Okay. Do, do we know if the one that the military gave them back was the real one? Oh, well, the first time that they gave it, the when the army came, because there was the army that came first, and they were the ones that gave it back, and the <laughs> ball was doing its usual things. And uh, in the episode, gotcha. I meant to kind of be a little more like, like obvious sarcasm, kind of the brinking on the point of sarcasm when I said usual things, but yeah, it was back to its usual things. Like, the army found it to be weird, but not harmful, and they gave it back. And then it was a few weeks later, um, or maybe it was a month later or so, the uh, Navy shows up. And when the Navy shows up, 
they show up with like men in suits. Like when the army shows up, it's like some higher ups at the army in standard, more or less issue uniform. And the, when the Navy shows up, they show up with like CIA. Well, they show up with men in black, whether it be CIA gotcha. or G-Man. NSA. G- yeah, they show up with G men. Yeah. And when that happens, that's it. They, they do actually tell the family that the thing has the atomic weight of 140. And they tell it a few, they tell it a few small details. And then slightly later on, JL and Hynek manages to get the report from them. And it's a very basic report. It does show the same findings that they say it had, but that's it. Like no other, no information that the bets had, like JL and Hynek was, wasn't able to get any more information on it than they were. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely military. Definitely still has it. It's definitely somewhere or something. Somehow, it's no longer going to be known to. It's not going to be in the the news anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I I agree. Um, well, on that note, I guess we'll just go ahead and wrap on, wrap the show up here. Would do either of you have any projects or any uh, any activities you like to do a little shout out for? Any people you want to give a shout-out to? <laughs> I mean, check out uh, Between the Profound and the Profane on thebonushours.com and all your favorite podcatchers every Monday, like clockwork. It's a very good show. <laughs> We're all on it. <laughs> Absolutely. It's our other show. <laughs> yeah. But I've heard it's really good. <laughs> I mean, yeah, check that out. Um, go check out Everybody Has a Story podcast. It's actually a really good podcast for a friend of the show. Yeah. Uh, Nate. At K Nate Radio on Twitter, uh, he just he talks to normal people about their life story, and and, and does some, a really good job. And about sometimes it. talks to some abnormal people too. Um, <laughs> and uh, I guess, yeah, that, that, that's about all I got to plug. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. Well, thanks for tuning in, everybody. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Title Unknown, and tune in soon. Uh, expect some spooky hauntings coming your way in the near future. Stay seeking the unknown, everyone. Woo! Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine, man. I was going to say woo. (laughs) Oh, all right. One, two, three. Woo! (laughs) Okay. We're good. 55.